We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. Sweet. All right, here we go in three, two, and one. Hello, and welcome into today's episode of KCS and Update. I'm Tucker Franklin, bringing you another day closer to the NFL draft here in Kansas City. And I could not be happier to be joined by uh, one of my favorite people to talk shop, talk ball with, Brett Coleman. Uh, you can find him on YouTube, Brett Coleman. You can find him at Bootleg, Bootleg Football. And you've got a bunch of other things that you do, Brett. Uh, you've been doing a whole lot of stuff since we last talked. How are you doing? How's your offseason going? Let's just catch up a little bit before we get into all this stuff. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill your retention. I work for the Chargers now. <laughs> so everybody's just going to click off right now. It's like, oh, God. No, I, I still mainly do do uh, do my own stuff. But uh, the Chargers reached out and like, hey, we want to do film breakdown content. Uh, and, and we would love to have you you know, come on and, and work with us as a side gig. So I started doing that. I do work with the NFL now, uh, which by the way, they sent me a note like a month ago and they're like, NFL films just gave us access to every game, all 22 back to 2002. What do you want to do? Well, everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to have some wild film breakdowns going up on, uh, the NFL throwback channel for the NFL, uh, coming up pretty soon here. Just because I don't, I don't think uh, early to mid two thousands all twenty two has ever been seen. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make as many of those as possible. Uh, and then you know we got the podcast, Bootleg Football Podcast. We're coming out to KC next week for the yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, lots going on. There is there a lot, always lots of irons in the fire when I'm talking to you, Brett. Uh, always working on something. Um, just like us here at KCSM. We'll, we're going to have a good time at the draft. And, and, you know, you guys will be out at Holiday Distillery on the Sunday after the draft, too, for our draft party. Super excited. Uh, everyone's invited to that, too, so everyone can come. If you're listening to this podcast, even you can come if you're listening to the podcast. So very excited for that to happen. But um, 
Brett, I figured we'd catch up because we, we haven't talked draft in a, in a while. I think the last time you and I talked was probably the end of free agent or beginning of free agency um, about you know, what the Chiefs will do at the wide receiver position and other stuff like that. And it's kind of funny that we're here now with a report about another wide receiver that the Chiefs could be interested in. And let's start with the Zay Flowered news. There's a podcast that Matt Lane, myself, and BJ Kissel did kind of breaking down both the, the Zay Flower news and the Broderick Jones visit. We broke them down both at the same time. Short little podcast, but uh, I want to get your thoughts kind of on the situation in general and the Zay Flowers thing. It seems weird. It seems barely legal if it is legal at all. Um, that what the Chiefs are doing with sending Zay Flowers down to Texas to train with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on everything going on with that? Yeah, I was actually, I was going to ask you about that. I was like, is there a rule against that? <laughs> Might be next. I mean, it's the Chiefs. They're going to say, go ahead, find us. We don't care. Like, we have Patrick Mahomes. Right. You know, F off. But um, I think it's very much, we are now in the phase of, of the Patrick Mahomes era where nothing happens on that franchise uh, without him saying yes. Yep. And so I think the front office loves Zay. I think the coaches love Zay. I think everybody loves Zay. I mean, he's, he's my highest rated, highest rated wide receiver in this class. We saw him live at Shrine Bowl. He mm-hmm. blew everybody out of the water who was there, and there was a lot of good players there. Um, it's it's pretty easy to see why, you know, he's written down in pencil to the Patriots at 14. It has been for like three months now. But if they're going to move up that far to go get Zay, which would cost a lot, they're not going to do it without Patrick Mahomes saying, yes, go do it. So I think that's why they set that up as they're like, yeah, we're not doing this without without you saying that you need it. So yeah. if if the workout went well, and I don't think we're getting any information on that, uh, but if the workout went well and Mahomes says, go get me this guy, he's going to be my Antonio Brown, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go do it because they just won a Super Bowl. They're playing with house money. I don't think they care about picks. Right. They care about let's just you know go get weapons and melt faces and and that that trade would accomplish that. Here's the thing too: Chiefs have ten picks in this draft. They're not going to make all ten picks, considering that the draft class that they just hit on last year. Um, they don't have enough room for all for yeah. ten more guys to come onto the yeah, roster. Hit everybody, <laughs> <laughs> right? So they have to. They're going to make a deal. Whether that, you know, probably thinking about a move for Zay Flowers, you got to start thinking about next year's picks too, because you're going to want some of the higher round picks. It's going to be like a first, a second, maybe a future second um, to get up to kind of where they need to be. Um, it, it's very interesting because the Chiefs do uh, have a need at wide receiver still, I would say. Uh, the wide receiver room I don't think is necessarily complete. Um, I'm curious to what your thoughts are, though, uh, Brett. Zay is a very good athlete, very good wide receiver, but his skill set is kind of similar to uh, what they already have with Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. Uh, are you concerned about that if they do want to move up? Is that a guy that you want to move up that has similar skill sets to what they already have on the roster? Or what, what's your thought about that composition of that room then there? I think he's a better version of Katerius Tony personally. Sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't say no to having two Darius Tonys anyway, but um, I think he's a better version of that. I think he's a more complete receiver. Um, I think, you know, there's very few guys in this class that I, I could look at and be like, that's going to be a number one in the NFL. Zay is the closest thing to it. And I know he's not built like a prototypical number one because he's 183 pounds and he's like 5'10". But, um, you know, it, in terms of the skills that he has to beat press, like he can play X receiver at 183 pounds because he could beat press. Um, 
his drop issue was really more of a concentration drop, and a lot of it was on like side to side stuff, like crossing routes where he just turned his eyes too too quickly. Very fixable thing. Great route runner. Great, great after the catch. Great in the locker room. Uh, I don't. Did you guys get to talk yeah. to him when you were in, in? Yeah, we did. We 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 sat down with him. He he said that he loves everything about football. We got the interview up on our YouTube channel. Make sure you go check that out. But yeah, I mean. Great guy when we got to talk to him. He seemed like he was liked by everybody there, too. So, I mean, that that's also a very huge part of it. Yeah, I just, I think he's, he he and JSN are the two receivers in this class where it's like, I don't have any problem. I don't have any worries about it. Like, you could poke holes in almost everybody else, but I, you can't poke that many holes in these guys. Yeah. So, I think if the Chiefs are just in, you know, let's just get good players mode. We're, we're picking 31. Probably going to be picking in the 30s next year, too. Like, Let's just get good players, and if we need to give up like the thirtieth pick or the thirty-second pick next year to go get a guy who we think is a, a good chance of leading this team and receiving as a rookie, who cares, right? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to go full less need on them. You know, they're not going to f them picks. But I do think that, uh, and Brett, I, we were kind of talking about this before we started the show, and something I brought up on on yesterday's podcast too. If it's kind of a tinfoil hat thinking by me looking at these guys that they're having meetings with and kind of seeing that they're all kind of in that same range above them and thinking, okay, are they preparing to move up already? Is that what kind of is it was? I mean, obviously these teams are going to do their homework. Brett Veach is going to do the homework because if it is a Trent McDuffie situation like it was last year where Brett Veach straight up said, hey, we weren't expecting him to be there. But since he was, we went up and got him. Um, if it's a situation like that where they don't expect a Broderick Jones, a guy that they came in and visit with the Chiefs, if they don't expect him to be there, but he is there, why not move up to 21 22 if he is there to get what kcsn draft guide has as the number one offensive tackle in this draft so uh there's there's a guy that that could be available there and, and i don't know what your thoughts are on the chiefs wanting to move up it kind of seems like i think i'm fully team move up for the chiefs because you're not going to find a lot of uh you know blue chip players at 31 um so i'm team move up uh and see what they can kind of do because they've got they've got a lot of draft capital they don't even necessarily need to make all of it and being in kansas city when that draft is going on in kansas city if they have a trade on on day one with every, with the packed house, oh, that place is gonna go nuts. I think it's I'm team move up if it's for tackle or for receiver because I think that's a little bit more dire. Yeah, I'm team stay put if it's edge because yeah. you don't you don't really need to move up in this class for for edge. Like Felix Sanaduke Azama, you know, local kid, he's gonna be there at 31 for sure, and he fits a need and he's a good player. And I'll tell you what, if if they want a packed house to cheer a lot, you draft the K-State kid. Um, you know, like uh, Will McDonald's probably going to be there. Uh, outside chance of BJ Ojalar. Like, there's there's a ton of edge rushers they are going to be there at 31. So they don't have to move up. Unless, unless, somehow, some way, like, Lucas Van Ness slips. Sure. Right. I don't, I don't expect that to happen, but... That's like the exception, but I think if it's you know if we're going to get a a, a tackle we think can can start over uh, Lucas Nyang, fine. If we're getting a receiver that we think you know can lead us in receiving as a rookie or at least be a heavy contributor as a rookie, rookie, fine. If we're looking for somebody to go hunt quarterbacks, if anything, I'd trade down from thirty one and just stack it in the second round because that's where mm-hmm. like the real meat of this class is. Well, Matty Lane has made this point on the draft show. I think I believe he made it on the KC Lab the other day, too. Uh, there's a lot of spagsy edges on day two of this draft. Like, There's a lot of like the depth of this edge class for Steve Spagnuolo specifically because, you know, Steve Spagnuolo has his type and he likes to stick to it. 
it's 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 heavy in day two, day two. There's a, there's a lot of those guys that they can get on. So I think you're right there. Like I I, I totally agree with you when it comes to if they're gonna trade up, they got to do it for wide receiver. They got to do it uh, for a tackle. And and Broderick Jones, a guy that I mentioned earlier, they brought in. We we have a podcast about it, but I think that if Broderick Jones is there. I would love to see the Chiefs trade up for him because I think that solves their offensive line problem a little bit more than what trading up for Zay Flowers would solve for the for the wide receiver room. In my in my opinion, I don't know about you, uh, Brett, what are your thoughts on if the Chiefs were to trade up in between Broderick Jones and uh, Zay Flowers for them? So my number one thing is is make sure Mahomes is protected because he's proven he can win a Super Bowl without a crazy good receiving core. For sure. And I know the team keeps saying, we believe in Lucas Yang. We believe in Lucas Yang. I don't believe in Lucas Yang. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So, like, of of the two, I prioritize tackle. Even though I have Zay rated higher in terms of, like, overall grade, I prioritize tackle. Because Zay can get open as, as much as he wants. If Mahomes is, is you know, bent in half by TJ Watt, it's not going to matter. So, if they go up and get Broderick Jones, the thing I'd be curious about is, as a rookie, do they move him to right? Or do they just keep Juwan at right, which I know they signed Juwan to play left tackle. I know he wants to play left tackle. I get it. Um, but would I want to mess with it when Broderick has, has already shown so much potential at left tackle? Yeah. Juwan's already been playing right tackle. He already got his money. Like, dude, you're making, you know, how many millions a year? You got your paycheck. Moving back to right, Broderick at left. You know, interior is already amazing. We're, we're good. That That's something that I'd be curious to see how they approach it. It's interesting, too, because it's not like they're paying two left tackle contracts right now, right? They only have a one. Even if they do draft Broderick Jones, that's not going to be a left tackle contract for a while, um, mm-hmm. at least at least five years uh, with, the, with the extra year. Um, so I, I think they can get away with it. I know a lot of people will hesitate because of that, because of the contract they gave him. I believe he is the highest paid right tackle, but will become the highest paid right tackle if he is a right tackle. Pretty much middle of the road if he's a left tackle. Um, when, when it comes to upper upper middle of the road. But um, I, I, I we talked about that as well. Is I think that, too, if they do go out and draft Broderick Jones, I don't know if he played at a snap at right tackle at Georgia. So uh, you At least not last year. I don't know about before that. Right. It, so you're getting into a, a territory of where you're now flipping two guys when you could just keep them on the same side of the line that they've, they're used to, just kind of roll with that out. And wouldn't you want to mess to Joe Tooney anyway? I mean, I mean that seems like mm-hmm. the, the most logical path there. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you really want to keep him on the left, um, after you sign him to a big contract, I get it. At that point, who you want to trade up for is Darnell Wright, right? Yeah, you know, which again, totally an option for the Chiefs, hundred percent. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the if he's on the radar too for a trade up because he he ain't making it to thirty one. No. So. Either way, operation uh, don't have Lucas Yang as day one starter. I think is crucial. Uh, and and I would not be surprised if they agree with that. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of just, I don't know, these two visits, too, are so interesting because of they came on the last day. Um, it's like if they had an idea, an inkling that they wanted to, to, to visit, they wanted to talk to these guys, don't you? think they would have come before the last day, but I guess somebody has to visit on the last day, right? Like, you, like yeah. there, has to, there has to be a last visit um, somewhere around there, but... Very encouraged, I think, to see uh, what who the Chiefs have have visited. They've they've who they've talked to. They've talked to a lot of guys that, uh, you know, I'm a fan of. 
Um, and, and a lot of guys that I would be happy with the Chiefs taking in in, in round one. But, Brett, I want to get your thoughts. We're going to talk a little bit broader when it comes to the draft about what they're going to do at 31, um, what guys are there positionally and everything like that. And I want to get some of your favorite players in this draft and maybe some players that we're not really talking about quite yet that could that could see in day, day two specifically. So uh, coming up after this break, Brett, we'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit more draft. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kansas City, the wait is almost over. The NFL draft is nearly here, and what a time it is for the city of Kansas City. Just winning the Super Bowl thanks to Andy Reid and company, and now they're hosting the 2023 NFL draft. It's an incredible time to be in Kansas City and to be a Kansas City sports fan. But regardless of who you root for, there's only one selection that every single football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players change, the coaches change, the rules change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. When I want a beer with some flavor, I go in, I grab a Miller Lite. If I'm hanging out with the boys, if I'm watching some football, watching some baseball, watching anything, I'm grabbing a Miller Lite. Until kickoff comes around again, you can enjoy the beer that tastes like the season, Miller Lite. Great taste, only 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com KCSN. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now let's get back to the show. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, folks. Welcome back into KCS and Update. I'm Tucker Franklin. Hanging out with Brett Coleman of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, how does that feel? How does that feel to be introduced with your name, Brett? No, enemy enemy territory. Enemy ter- I get it. I, I'm actually thinking about bringing my Chargers gear to wear the holiday on Sunday. Just to oh, piss you no. Off. <laughs> oh, no. You'd have a lot of uh, upset Kansas Cityans at you. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I, I th- it's it's one of those things. You talk about the Chargers rivalry. It's been a weird thing because, like, I, I've got a ton of respect for Herbert and a ton of respect for uh, Brandon Staley, and there's been uh, – I haven't really beat the Chiefs all that often. So, I mean, I think that there's uh, – a it's like, oh, that's nice. That's they nice. are they are the one team other than the Bengals. Um and also weirdly the Colts. But but that's totally different. That that's a they're a weird a weird situation. 
but they're the one team that, uh, again, other than the Bengals, that doesn't play the Chiefs scared. Right. Yeah. Like they 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 match up well schematically. They match up well talent wise. Feels like every game is tight. I was at the one in L.A. last year where Mahomes yeah. did his Mahomes thing. Um, in the last four minutes, and it was so funny because I was I was sitting down there in the lower bowl whole bunch of screaming Chargers fans. We look over to like the section next to us and it's a whole bunch of KC people. And you know, Mahomes got the ball in the last four minutes. Like they just looked completely unbothered. Like they knew exactly what was about to happen. But I feel like that kind of goes both ways because when, when when Herbert gets the ball in the second half, Chiefs fans kind of know exactly what's about to happen. Like it's they're very interesting mirror images of each other in that way. It's just the Chiefs happen to win all of all the games. But uh, you know, they I, I I love that the Chargers always you know throw the kitchen sink at them and and they they don't get rolled like a lot of other teams do. It's been a, it's been fun ever since Justin Herbert. Like even Justin Herbert's very first game started in extreme circumstances, obviously, but that game was very close. Um, we got a visitor. Uh, I I there was always close games between the two teams, and that's what I like. You know, I like the divisional games to be close. Right? It's. It's no fun beating the Broncos four, 15 straight times. I think it is. Yeah, uh, it's no fun. You gotta have you gotta have a little competition. But also, um, when when Herbert throws an absolute ridiculous dime with broken ribs, oh. Ray Carter, Chiefs fans can go, "Oh, that's what that feels like to have that done against you." Okay, that sucks. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little taste of the old medicine at that point. Uh, but Brett, let's talk about uh, round one. We were talking about trading up and kind of some visits that they've had in round one. But what are your thoughts about the Chiefs around one? I know we talked about uh, offensive tackle, wide receiver, edge being one of those positions. And, and who do you kind of see the Chiefs if they were to stay pat, kind of take? I know a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into that, like how the board falls and everything like that. But uh, what are your general thoughts with the Chiefs at 31? So, you know, tackle is is an interesting one because there is a shelf in this class. For sure. And the shelf falls off pretty quick. After like the first top five or five to seven guys, depending on how you up and grade it, I do think that there's a legitimate chance. Uh, again, if they're looking at right tackle, uh, and then we give Juwan at left, I think there's a legitimate chance um, that they're looking at the other Ohio State tackle, Dewan Jones, yep. who very much fits, you know, the Andy Reid prototype of let's get the biggest, longest dude possible, who's just really hard to get around. Uh, I think Matthew Bergeron, if they're looking for somebody more athletic is kind of a wild card at 31 there. Um, big fan of Bergeron. Um, I would say the Oklahoma kid, uh, Anton Harrison. Yes. Also somebody they could look at for sure. If we're looking at down the board tackles, again, because we know Andy, Andy absolutely loves length. Um, I would say uh, Wanya Morris, who I don't really know what round he's going to go in. Yeah. 35 and a half inch arms and you move like that, like you're, you're going to go higher than people think. Um, and if they just want to like a straight up project, Blake Freeland from BYU, just because he's an absolute freak of nature, has no idea what he's doing yet. Um, and they would, they would have to work on that. But if they want a project to double up with somebody who they think can play early, uh, I think Blake Freeland and like third or fourth round would be, would be interesting. Yeah. You mentioned that, that, that shelf and, and every position has the, the, the fall offs, right? Those shelves of where they have. So I'm curious, like at, in the first round, what are you prioritizing there? We talked about earlier, you know, the, the edge class is pretty is pretty good for Spags later on in the day. So maybe it is more uh, tackle and wide receiver, but I, there could be some day two wide receivers that, that you like too that 
that could really fit into Andy Reid's offense. But kind of what are you prioritizing in the first round if you're the Chiefs? I'm prioritizing not missing if I'm staying at 31, right? Um, in particular, not missing at an expensive position, which would be edge, tackle, or receiver. Because having six years matters. It really does. Yeah. Um, it, it, the contract control that you get matters, especially as the Mahomes cap hit situation changes over time, which it will almost inevitably. Now, he's still probably going to be like the ninth highest paid quarterback by next offseason. But it's still something that has to be monitored as things get converted from year to year and they're moving money and they're pushing it back, all that kind of stuff. Like They have to be cognizant of it. And so having contract control on a tackle and edge or a receiver for six years when you're taking um, you know, the fifth-year option plus uh, you know, plus a, a franchise tag into account. Yeah. At, at 31, that's kind of the sweet spot for it, which is why teams trade up to the last couple picks in the first round all the time to get contract control at premium positions. So... You know, I understand uh, if if quote unquote non premium positions fall, like linebacker or running back or or tight end even, uh, and and we're, and we're looking at that as an option. But like financially, it's almost irresponsible at thirty one to not prioritize one of the top five most expensive positions in the game because you need that money. You inevitably need that money. Yeah. That's interesting, and, and I do think that when the, when you talk about offensive tackle, you mentioned some some really good. I, uh, Anton Harrison, I think, is a pretty solid pick there. Uh, there's not a lot of offensive tackles. I think if they take him in the first round, that I would be too upset with, right? Like if 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 there is a, even if they do trade up for a Broderick Jones, uh, Darnell Wright, be happy with that. Uh, Anton Harrison would be a guy that uh, has been mocked to the Chiefs several times. I've seen a lot, a lot of the mocks. I think he even mocks here at KCSN. We've had Anton Harrison there. I think that's a safe pick, as you mentioned. It's safe. You get uh, control. You get roster control. You get contract control, as you mentioned. And that's a guy too. When you talk about the offensive line and the building of, of the structuring of that, you know, you're gonna have contracts come due when it comes to uh, Creed Humphrey. You're gonna have, you know, Joe Tooney's got an out, I believe, after this year on his contract that can free up some space. But Trey Smith's contract is going to come due as well. So as much youth as you can get on that offensive front, especially with Patrick Mahomes coming up, um, you know, the more the more protection for Mahomes, the better. So the, the, yeah. the if you can get a get a good guy at, at thirty one there and have some control for a while and some stability, I think that that's that's enticing to me. Yeah, and I, again, I think last year was the absolute proof of Tyreek's gone. Oh no, what are they going to do? Well. <laughs> When the interior offensive line, when they completely nailed that rebuild and they got Creed and they got Trey and they and they they, they brought in Joe and the tackles were just functional and you're giving Mahomes as much time as you possibly can, it almost doesn't matter who the receiver is. Now, they they were having issues at tackle for a pretty significant chunk because I think Orlando did not Orlando did not play the way that he maybe believes he did. Uh and Wiley absolutely was was hit or miss more miss in the beginning of the year and then he came on strong in the end um but the fact that their interior was so strong meant that there was at least an anchor that Mahomes could rely on right he could step up away from the frequent very frequent edge pressure uh and, and you know he was still able to make it work with you know Travis Kelsey being his wide receiver one and probably his wide receiver two at the same time with one body so yeah I think last year proved that like you just give Pat a little bit of protection a little bit of stability and he'll figure it out with whoever's on the field with him. And and I think that's 
That's why he's already one of the five best quarterbacks ever, and he's been playing for like six years because it's rare to find a guy that he can make it work with anybody. For sure. I want to throw a scenario at you, okay? Uh, This position has been talked about a decent amount uh, for the first round, somewhat, and I know there's some people that are going to get triggered by what position I'm going to say, but but for the sake of the scenario, quarterbacks, you know— there's not a run on quarterbacks. People think that they can wait on quarterbacks, wide receivers, going early, tackles, going early. There's uh, maybe a, maybe a Dalton Kincaid falls a little bit. Maybe uh, a guy, uh, Michael Mayer, falls a little bit. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts about the Chiefs entertaining the tight end position at 31 or even trading up for a tight end? I know that could trigger some people. I remember the last time, you know, Brett, we were on a podcast, I suggested the Chiefs maybe could entertain trading Chris Jones. That people did not like that. Oh, um, no. That's like yeah. the one guy you can't bring up. <laughs> <laughs> We're not a fan of that one. Um, but I people do get a little upset when you talk about drafting a tight end in the first round. Not that he's going to replace Travis Kelsey, but listen, Travis Kelsey's not going to play forever. He's going to be, I believe, 34 next year. He's already setting concerts up and doing live appearances. He's he's making his way. He's, he's paving the road for re- leaving football. I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. Maybe not trade up for it, but stay at 31. And if the tight end falls, like, uh, you know, Michael Mayer or Darnell Washington, maybe if he's there to take him uh, and have a guy that can, you know, have a year or two behind Travis Kelsey and you can actually have a legit tight end too. Uh, what are your thoughts on maybe entertaining that a little bit? You know, the, the Chiefs are actually a good a good spot um, to look at this tight end class because, I mean, as we saw last year, they ran more 12 and 13 personnel than anybody else. Right. Like they love their tight ends, and that was that was kind of out of necessity a little bit because they didn't trust the receivers as much. But they had so much success with it that if they want to stick with that, but they want to get a different flavor of tight end than they already got, like yeah, Darnell Washington at thirty-one, let's get a guy who can block the hell out of the run game because we know Travis has never really been his thing. Yeah. Um. And so you know, Darnell plays the Y, and we we'll move Travis around, and he does Travis things like that. Would that would fit? Kincaid plays similarly to Travis. Uh, and, and he's a very common comp, even though they're not sized the same. Um, he's a very common comp. I think that Kincaid, he's he's an interesting one because off pure tape, there's no way he's there at 31. Yeah. But when you consider the back injury and his age, I almost think there's no way he goes in the first round because of those two things. Um, now, if the medicals are better than what I've heard, then you know maybe he is a legit option at thirty-one, but I—it's very rare that you hear somebody say I used to have a bad back, right? And and I think I think that that might work against him a little bit. I think he might slip to the second round because of that. It takes away nothing from him as a player. He's a, he's an amazing player, mm-hmm. but back injuries scare me, and I know that his particular back injury has scared teams. So we'll just we'll see on that. If if they take him at thirty-one, I think that means their doctor said it was fine, which gives me a little bit more. You know, it gives me it gives me a little bit more security about it. Yeah. But if he's there at thirty one and they pass on him, that to me means there's something wrong there. For sure. Uh, no, that's that's incredibly interesting because I, I keep thinking about tight end as like a position that they could really maybe uh, Michael Mayer's a guy specifically who five star recruit. You don't don't want to overthink this one too much, right? Five star recruit came into Notre Dame. Played really well at Notre Dame with two tight ends that, you know, also made it to the NFL and he looked like the best tight end on the field is sometimes. Uh, so 
you don't really want to overthink it when it comes to Michael Mayer. I think he'll probably be gone before 31. Uh, but Brett, I'm curious before we wrap up, like pick 31, like before we talk about, start talking about those day two options, anyone that we have not talked about or position group that we have talked about at 31 that you think the chiefs could have an eye on. Ooh, um, that's really interesting. So in terms of interior defensive line, Oh yeah, I think that will be a really interesting spot for Mozzie Smith, yeah, um, from Michigan. You know, gives him a little bit different flavor. Uh, you know, shorter guy, but great length. Uh, super stout against the run. I know people say he plays a little high, but when you look at uh, his kind of like squatty potty stance he had at Michigan, which is <laughs> something they do there. You know, with that four point stance with the even feet, and it's like, yeah, you're going to pop up when you're lined up like that. I I think it's his pad level, which again. He's already naturally lower anyway. His pad level is very fixable by, I don't know, any NFL defensive line coach. So I'm not worried about that. But his ability to give the Chiefs a legitimate run-stopping option that can play shade nose, two-eye, or three technique so that, you know, Chris can kind of just do Chris things on the other side. He doesn't have to play really anywhere other than on the outside shoulder of the guard because you have Mozzie Smith. Uh, that's an invaluable invaluable thing to have and it was one of the few weaknesses that they really had last year was was for sure me in terms of you know a gap control in the run game and i felt that they were almost entirely too dependent on hey nick bolton please please save us um in the run game and and i would very much like to take pressure off of nick bolton to save the day every single time on first and 10 when inside zone is called so uh yeah mozzie smith would make a lot of sense I like that a lot. I the Chiefs have visited with Mozzie Smith as well, so that is a guy they've go. done their homework on. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch on tape too. A be, be like a younger Derek Naughty, and I don't. And if you can make Derek Naughty like Naughty, he's built like Naughty, but he's stronger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that like if you can if you can put Naughty like if you're not relying on Naughty to be your one tech all the time, like that's a good spot to be in. Um, Derek Naughty. Did not have the best year of his career last year. Listen, they all can't be your best year. Um, but he did not have his best year. He's coming back. But to have a little bit more depth on the NCAA defensive line, it'd be very interesting to look at. I don't know. I think Chiefs fans would be fine with Mozzie Smith from what I've heard about him. Everything that we've put out about Mozzie Smith, people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's pretty good. Um, but at, at that point, like at 31, you're BPA. You're taking best player available. You're taking. You're trying to take a dude right there. Um, yeah. My my comp for him is DJ Reader. If it becomes even eighty percent of DJ yeah, Reader, he's worth the pick. We will take it. I can't I can't remember what the what the KCSN draft guide had him at, but I believe it was like I think it was BJ Hill is what they had him at. But also okay. again, fine. I'll yeah. take it. Um but we know what we need we need to do right now, brothers. We need to take another break. Um well, once we get back, we're gonna be talking about these day two picks, sixty three, ninety five, and some options there, wide receivers, tight ends, edge rushers. So we'll be back right after this. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back into uh, KCSN Update here, hanging out with Brett Coleman. We're talking day two picks now. We were we we're staying on the front half, the, the picks that everybody care about. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, day one, day two, they've got pick 63 and pick number 95. You know what position we haven't talked a whole lot about? Brett, I'm gonna let you guess. What do you what What do you think? Where do you think I'm going with this? Backup quarterback. Bless solve, dude. Blaine Gabbert, the true <laughs> Missouri zone coming home, baby. Uh, 
we're going edge rusher. That's what we're doing. Um, so 63-95, what are some guys that you like kind of in that range for the Kansas City Chiefs there? 63 to 95, there's still a pretty good amount um, that's available. So this one, I hit this one I might get a little bit, a little bit of pushback on because I'm I think I'm higher on him than a lot of people. And also he is like so not a spags edge, but that's why I kind of like him for Casey because he's not a spags edge. I mean, yeah. he doesn't turn like a battleship. So uh Nick Hampton. Okay. From App State. Yeah. Smaller guys, like 6'3, 240. Showed up on Bruce Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Um, is an absolute freak of nature. Highly productive pass rusher, super twitchy. To me, he's like discount Nolan Smith. You know, if we don't get Nolan Smith, but we still want the lighter, bendier, quicker edge rusher who's like one job, one job is to be a flamethrower off the edge. It's going to be Nick Hampton. He probably would only play on third downs as a rookie. He's not super great against the run, but, you know, Spax is going to have his arsenal of 6'5", you know, group-looking edges to play on first down anyway. You know, let's roll Nick Hampton in on third down, put him right next to Chris Jones, and and dare an offensive line to match speed for speed with those two guys. Uh, I love Nick Hampton. Again, he is so not the Chiefs type, but I think after all these years, maybe they should reassess what their type is. That's kind of the same way I feel about Will McDonald. Um, Like, Will McDonald could be available at 31 for the Chiefs, and, like, you're right, and I fully admit this, too. Like, when I talk to Matt Lane, Kent, Swanson about it. Like, I like Will McDonald, but they they won't let themselves get, like, like into Will McDonald because he doesn't fit. Let's not get attached. But I'm like, he's really fun to watch play football, and I think he would be fun if you, like, make different edge rushers, put different edge rushers with, like, a George Karloftis and a Will McDonald next to each other. Like, that would be pretty you know, cool. You're, you're going to get Isaiah Foskey or Zach Harrison. Right. Like, <laughs> damn it. Like, that's, that's your edge this year. Yeah. Isaiah Foskey and George Karloftis are incredibly similar. Uh, when you watch, same guy, yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, it's actually insane. Uh, but I was jotting down when we were in break. I was jotting down some day two tight ends that I also like. I know Sam Laporte is a guy from Iowa that uh, people have talked about. See, it wouldn't shock me if they go day two tight end because I do think that there are some pretty decent tight ends there. Tucker Craft again from um, South Dakota. Actually, when we talked to Delaney Walker at the Combine, who was the, uh, I think, the NFL legends lead for the tight end group, we talked to him, and he said he was most impressed with, with Tucker Craft. Um, that he was that was his favorite tight end there at, at the group. So, you know, Delaney Walker, a guy stuck around for a while, a UCM guy, and, and a guy who, you know, loves skiing. Fun fact about Delaney Walker, loves to just, like, uh, alpine ski. Like that dude is uh, just loves to get get out on the slopes and, and hit the slopes. I would have never guessed that about Delaney Walker. Well, when you got NFL money, you can actually afford to go skiing. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, let's talk about some wide receivers in this position here. So let's say the Chiefs do take a tackle with thirty-one, which I kind of feel like is a is a natural kind of way for them to go. Right, take a tackle at thirty-one. Looking at sixty-three ninety-five. Who are some of those wide receivers that you're looking? Uh, it's really hard to, to project this right at 63.95 because there could be a run on wide receivers. It just depends on how the board falls, where the runs hit. And there, there's kind of this class isn't as deep as it is and has been in years past. So, well, what are your thoughts there for uh, day two? At 63, again, I'm not entirely convinced he'll be there, but um, that's that's a pretty good spot for A.T. Perry. Again, if we're looking yeah, I like for, it. for size on the outside to play that X role, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, uh, I think is another one that, that would. Uh, absolutely intrigued me there at 63. 
Um, I think if they're looking for an inside guy and they just want to, again, just build an all-slot offense, because why not? Yeah. Uh, Parker Washington from Penn State would very much intrigue me there. Uh, hands like glue, super tough over the middle, underrated yak guy. Reminds me a lot of Sterling Shepard. Mm. And again, they don't need a slot, but if they think that Kadarius can play outside and they and, and they think that Moore can play outside uh, and they want somebody who's dedicated inside, uh, I, I think Parker Washington is, is is somebody that they would strongly look at at 63. Yeah, I, I like that too. Michael Wilson is a guy that I uh, have uh, recently learned. Problem with him, injuries, right? Yeah. He's had an injury, I believe, every year that he's been in college or something like that. Yeah, and it's, that's uh, the tough thing with him is, is you're just, you're kind of, it's, he's the Jimmy Garoppolo of receiver prospects. So you're just counting the days, right? Which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. He was healthy enough to put on a show at the Senior Bowl, but uh, you know, sometimes it all—it's all it takes uh, to get drafted. Is just be healthy enough for uh, that weekend there. But some interesting options there. Wide receiver. I know Josh Downs is a guy that a lot of people like, kind of at ninety-five, maybe later down in the draft. Ken Swanson uh, likes Jalen Hyatt at sixty-three. Who knows if Jalen Hyatt will be there at sixty-three? Better not be at thirty-one. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but for um. This wide receiver class is so interesting. When I, when I just think about it, you know, there's like JSN, as you, as you talked about, JSN, Zay Flowers, they're they're going to be dudes. They're going to be guys. But then like after that, Quentin Johnson, I think it's a fun one. We saw him working out with the Chiefs. He'll be probably be gone in the first round. If the Chiefs don't take him at 31 or trade up for him, he won't be there the next time they pick unless they trade back up. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be uh, one of those things where if you don't take a wide receiver – you know, early or even trade up for a wide receiver, you kind of got to take one that's maybe later on in day two. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think day two is kind of like the strength of this receiver class. It, it really is. Like, I, I think that's where, that's where like the depth really is. Uh, it, and I think it's because there's a lot of guys that if we're just stacking a, a big board with all positions, even if they're like, you know, the fifth or sixth receiver, which in some classes would be a first round pick. Right. This year, there's a lot of tackles in front of them in like tier one, a lot of edges, DTs, tight ends, quarterbacks, a couple of running backs. Like all of a sudden you look at it and it's like, oh, that's like my 50th player, even though they're the fifth receiver. So that's why I think like Jalen Hyatt, 31, hell no. 63, you can talk me into that, right? Because I think there are some traits there that, that we like. And certainly, you know, Pat can throw the ball over the mountains and, and that fits well with what Jalen Hyatt does. Um, but again, I think what I would prioritize with a quarterback like Mahomes is catch the ball. Catch the ball at weird angles, awkward angles, sideline toe tap ability. Because how the Chiefs win games is third and 10, fourth quarter, down by three, catch the freaking ball when Mahomes does some weird shit to run around and get it to you at a weird spot, you better be able to catch the ball because he's going to get it to you. And I think it used, you know, everybody always used to be like, oh, you know, the Chiefs win games by bombing people in the second quarter and going deep to Tyreek. And it's like, yeah, they they did four years ago. That's not how they do it now. They're very much a more ball control oriented offense that has some explosives in there, but they're very much more a ball control oriented offense. And they rely on efficiency more than explosiveness right now. Mm-hmm. So I would want receivers that play into that efficiency by catching the damn ball. That's why I prioritize Parker Washington. 
because on yeah. third and ten against the Bills in the division round, we need a guy to just catch the freaking ball. It's going to be him. So that, that's that's kind of how I would build around what, what Pat does at this point. Love it. Brad, thank you for your time. Really appreciate you hanging out with us here at KCS and Update. Before I let you go, anyone that we didn't talk about that you want to kind of put out there that we could maybe come back and clip and be like, hey, look, Brad talked about this guy. When, when the Chiefs pick him at 90, 63 or 95, we can come back and clip this and be like, yeah, Brad talked about him on this podcast. Go listen to it. Jonathan Mingo. Oh. Ole Miz. I don't know if he's going to be there at 63. But if he is there at 63, that man is a chief. Because we just talked about they're a ball controller at the offense. If they want to introduce some explosiveness back in there, you go get Jonathan Mingo. If we want somebody who's like, let's go run the Tyreek high cross against cover three and get 30 yards for free. Jonathan Mingo, you are a Kansas City chief. Perfect. Great note to end on, Brett. As always, appreciate your time hanging out with us here at KCS and Update. Make sure, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, and you live in the United States right now, you can go download the KCSN app. It's an app that you can get all of your favorite KC sports all in one place on your phone. Very exciting to great, great that we got that up going before the draft because we're going to have a lot of content for you guys uh, as the draft is in Kansas City. It's almost here, fellas. It's almost here. We're actually a week from today, from when you're listening to this podcast, a week from today will be the first round of the NFL draft. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for it to be in the city that I'm in. That's going to be a weird experience, Brett. Like, I know that I don't know how many times you've been to drafts. I'm sure you've been to more than me, but like having it no, in the I've city never that been, I, I've never been to the draft before. Well, see, having it being in the city I live in is going to be a very weird experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I've never been to Kansas City. I heard they have a great Delta Lounge. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, we 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 got an Airbnb with a speakeasy in the basement for our draft stream because hmm. you know terms of brand fit you know speakeasy it's hard to speak for us uh you know I, I land at like 11 30 on tuesday night and then i'm just gonna be eating barbecue for the next six days I'm, I'm happy love it i'm very excited for you to be in the city for you to be inside of my city i am very excited for it so uh gonna be a very great time for the nfl draft and we're gonna have you covered here at kc sports network thank you all for listening to today's podcast make sure to uh, like the like the podcast if you're watching the video on YouTube. Subscribe. Go subscribe to Brad's channel, the NFL Throwbacks channel. Great channel, by the way. Go subscribe to that. And you can subscribe to the Chargers if you want, but you don't really have to. You can support half of Brad's support. Uh, know your enemy, Tucker. Know your enemy. Great point. All right, that's going to do it for me here. I'm Tucker Franklin. Thank you for listening to today's KCSN Update. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.